0: Now on to serious stuff. So last year, I don't know if you remember, this feels like ancient history almost, but last year, about this time, there were a couple of hurricanes that touched down the United States of America. Florida was hit, Texas was hit, Southern East Coast was hit, and when a big disaster like that happens, it makes the news. And so it was on the news for a day, it was on the news for a week, and then like maybe a few weeks out, we stopped hearing about it. We stopped hearing about it, but the people, of course, who lived in those areas were living in the midst of this devastation, in the midst of this tragedy, And even a year later, so many people are still rebuilding their lives, rebuilding their property, rebuilding their houses. And so when all this happened about a year ago, we, we kind of talked as a church and leadership, and we're like, well, what can we do? And so at that time, we sent a measure of support, and we thought, well, there's got to be more we can do. And so the idea was thrown out there. What if we did some kind of mission trip to Texas or, or somewhere, one of these areas impacted by, a, by one of these hurricanes? What if we did that? Shouldn't we do something like that? I mean, shouldn't we go and send feet on the ground and do something? And so that idea was thrown out there. And a few people in our midst took that idea, ran with it, and made this mission trip a reality. And so our mission team of 15 people, that's right, 15, which is the maximum they'll take on one team, 15 people from Hope, uh, 15 people from this tiny little church in Midley Park that is in this strange space, uh, went down to Texas and, and helped those who were very much in need. And so of that team of 15, we have four people who will be speaking as representatives of that team to share a little bit about their experience. You can see their names in your bulletin. We've got Joyce, we've got Brett, Kelby, and Kelly. And so we want to give them our appreciation and full support. And so let's welcome our first speaker to the stage, Mother-in-law to the stars, Joyce Parcell.
1: (laughs) Thinking about all that God had us accomplish throughout the week, by way of all the volunteers and of the Samaritan's Purse staff. As this past week unfolded, I found myself each day thinking about our days in Texas, what we might have been doing at that time, and praying for the new volunteer crews that were continuing the work that was begun in the homes even before we got there. Prior to our trip, God prepared us. During our trip, he protected us. And all along the trip, he provided for us. He had planned amazing jobs for us to accomplish. I know God prepared us. I think God began to prepare me years ago for a missions trip. He planted a seed, challenging me to, challenging me really over 15 years ago. Kelly and I talked about this some missions trip, we didn't know what, when Scotty, Justin, Stephanie, and Monica were little kids. Holly and Adam were older, a little older. All these years later, he prepared this particular team by (laughs) bringing on the heat, the high temperatures, and the increased humidity that all of us experienced around the 1st of July. He knew we were headed for peril in Texas in July. Of course he knew it. He sent us. I know God protected us. He protected us during our flights to and from Houston we waited just a short time before leaving um, philadelphia so we had to wait for a storm to pass since we left philadelphia late we arrived in houston a little bit later than we expected so our car rental place where we were to pick up our vehicles had closed kelly and dave made some phone calls and they were able to secure three wonderful caravans when we arrived at the rental car desk we were met by the alamo representative whose name was Christian. He set us up with three vans, allowed us extra drivers, insurance, and our bill, I think, was $500 less. So talk about protection and provision. Our vehicle, $500 less than the original vehicles were going to be. So yes, God protected us. He was with us, crews of volunteers and Samaritan's per staff alike on many drives to and from our prospective homes because our we were broken up into smaller groups and we didn't all all 15 of us did not go to the same home so on the many drives to and from our homes he traveled with us daily on busy highways on side streets on back roads and yes on frontage roads right laura she figured out what the frontage road was we didn't know while we worked in these homes he kept us safe Safe while working with hammers, circular saws, regular saws, nail guns, high ladders, and low ladders, to just name a few things. He healed some of us from illnesses. He provided local, kind, and caring medical staff who knew just what to do. People who stayed after their normal work day to provide care. He healed some who may not have felt well in other ways also and these events were short-lived. And oh boy, I know God provided for us. I tell you, the staff of Samaritan's Purse have the love of Jesus down in their hearts. God's love shines through those people. Ordinary people, just like us, who have left their families to come serve Jesus for extended periods of time, and I mean like a year at a time. Our needs were provided for like you would not believe. Food, rest, our beds were very comfortable it's been a long time since I was in a bunk bed I was on the bottom Kelly was on the bottom next to me and I must tell you she we were getting prepared that night taking uh, getting our beds made getting our sheets out making our beds some had sleeping bags this one has a sheet that was over 20 years old it was Thomas the Tank and as you held it up you could see right through it so we chuckled over that she said well I don't have any uh, twin sheets but I found this in the back of the drawer so that did belong to Scotty and Justin so we did laugh about that yeah <laughs> we had air conditioning we had wonderful showers and we had amazing daily morning devotions also just to mention a few things although quite honestly I was disappointed that our group did not get to meet our homeowners I am thankful to them for allowing us to come into their home and to help. One morning when we arrived, they had provided us with two cases of water and six packs of Gatorade, which let me tell you, tasted so very good after and during a hot, hot, hot work day. God's provisions are amazing and intense. I saw renewed strength and the joy of the Lord with each new day in the faces of our team and the volunteers we met from around the country it was really pretty cool to see how much everyone cared about the work they were doing and for those and for those they were doing it for one volunteer Patty who Kel, where was she from Portland. Portland Oregon like way over there comes by herself now what kind of courage does that take this woman was and she probably wouldn't want me to say it 70 I think that took a lot of courage for her to come and she was a delightful person and a new friend for us she was and she was so happy to serve just like the rest of us so towards the end of our week we were asked what would you tell your congregation about your experience here and I said I would tell them that there is much work to be done so I'm asking that you add to your daily prayer time asking for you to lift up the people of Maryland who were affected by this hurricane Kelly and I were in one of the offices on Thursday to ask a question and we saw on the desk a file of folders over a foot high. These are people who are in great need, and they were asking for help. God may be calling you to help somewhere, maybe not next year or the year after, but somewhere in your future. So be prayerful. Be open to the idea of serving and helping in Jesus' name. On Monday, as our supervisor Mark, a wonderful Christian, was leading the way, we turned off our main road, kind of like Swathmore Avenue main road, Into our neighborhood, where our house was located, I was really overwhelmed by the large number of homes that have remained vacant and damaged by Hurricane Harvey of almost a year ago. As we turned back out of that community, back onto the main road, just down the road apiece, there was a building off to the right called the Faith Community Center. And on their sign in the parking lot read, God has already provided everything you will ever need in life. That's it. Thank you.
2: So, um, when my daughter was the one who actually uh, got Joy and I to go on this mission trip, um, first mission trip I've ever been on, uh, so... I was, I was like, I'm not going to let Jane go by herself. And then Bob and Lois, my mother-in-law and father-in-law, they wanted to go too. So it was a, you know, a family affair. It was awesome. Um, and wh- I, was, I got to really talk to a lot of the staff down there. A lot of it was because Mark and I, who was our foreman, we were driving to the job site together. It was just me and him. So me and him got to talk about stuff. And then he was talking about other staff. And it was like, oh, you got to meet this guy. Can we start? we're talking about music, all kinds of things. Um, and it was good for him, too, because, you know, he's away from his family for a year, like everybody else is, and he got to, you know, he got to tell me about his son and daughter, and you could see it was really good for him to kind of get some things off his chest. He talked about politics, and I'm not going to say his political views on things, but it was nice for him to get a non-biased opinion, as for me, too, because, you know, I've been through a lot of stuff, you know, in the recent years, too, and I'm you know, it's it's nice to talk to somebody who doesn't know you personally. You know what I mean? And so it was so it was good. So um, the main thing, and then like I said, when I was talking to staff down there, um, Sean, who's like the head honcho down there, who leads the leads the whole thing, he asked me, it's like, you know, what were what were your expectations going on a trip like this? And I it's like paused for a moment and thought about it, and when and, and Kelly, and everybody who went on this trip, it's like, we really didn't know what we were going down to do. Like, we knew there was work to be done. You know, there's a lot of people down there who've lost everything. Like, some houses were totally washed away. Some of them were just partly washed away. Um, yeah, I saw people living out of their garages because, like, the house was just not fit for human, you know, occupancy. So we're driving by, and there's like doors are wide open, windows are wide open, fans are blowing, and like you see all their belongings stacked up on a garage shelf because everything was destroyed. And these people didn't have—it's not like they had a lot of means to start off with. So they, these people, literally lost everything. Like, and then that, and everything that they, but like Joy said, you know, God has already provided everything you need. But to these people, it's like, like daily life still goes on. And they're trucking forward, and they're trying to get as much help as they need. Um, and so we're driving by, and expectations. And I thought about it, and it's like, you know, it was actually really good, in my opinion, that we really didn't know what to expect. Because let's, like, and Sean and Kelby and them were painting in, like, basically the hellfire heat down there. In, in ceiling. So if you were, t- if somebody told you, it's like, yeah, come on down. It's 150 degrees in the attic, and I'm going to have you up there painting. You might be like, wow, uh, maybe I'll just make the Gatorade or something, you know. But, you know, God had an expectations for us going down there. We didn't know it until we got there. And when you go on a mission trip, and everybody who went to Kenya or, Ke- or Texas or any mission trip, it's like, if you have your expectations, it's like, It it, that it's not what you want to do. It's what needs to be done. And there's work that needs to be done. And whether that's making the Gatorade for people or getting on a roof or doing like fancy carpentry or something, you just do it and you feel good doing it. But it's not about how you feel. It's how these homeowners who we didn't get to meet, but they sent us a picture and you can see the joy on their face that their house is now becoming a home again. Like, it always was a house. Whether it was destroyed, it's still a house. But now, they're able to start the next chapter of their life in this home. And you, you can see, I mean, they, they, the mother, or not the mother, the wife, uh, Santa Maria and Gerald were their names, right? Yeah. So, Santa Maria, she's all the way out in Dallas. And Gerald is, like, running all over the place trying to make ends meet, do what he needs to do for his family, and he's got grandkids and everything, too. So he's trying to, you know, do the grandfather thing. And that's what I got to talk to Mark about that. So we really were talking about, you know, who these people really are. So I didn't, even though I didn't really get to meet them, I kind of know what the dynamic is there. And, yeah, Gerald found the time to stop by, from, come from Dallas or wherever. I'm assuming he was in Dallas because that's where his wife is. And, which is like a four-hour drive, maybe even longer, down to Houston just to give us Gatorade and water. It's like, you know, that... Uh, that was awesome because we really needed it but um yeah so and uh, so basically what I got out of this trip it's not about how it made like a mission trip makes you feel or it's like we always talk about how it's like there's not there's not like a list of tasks like oh I did this and did this and did this and God's gonna be happy because I checked all these boxes off but for what I got out of it was it's like you go down there and you do something that you may not even meet the person, but you know it's going to have a profound effect on their life and it's going to make their life better. And hopefully they'll take that message and that, that, that example and, put, and pay it forward. So that's what I got out of it. And, um, yeah, that's really all I have for this. <laughs> Kelby Gibbs, ladies and gentlemen.
3: You <laughs> got Oh, awesome. Not there yet. I don't need them that quite yet. <laughs> if I ever complain about how hot Barnstormers is here, like someone, you need to like remind me of what we went through down there. So, um, so mine's a little bit different uh, than the last two, but basically, um, I'm going to talk about a couple different things that I experienced going on this trip. So, about six to eight months ago, actually, it might have only been about six months ago. We had, you know, kind of it had been. I guess, rumored around the church that we were going to be doing something, whether it was with Samaritan's Purse or another organization, we weren't sure, but we were going to be doing hurricane relief. And uh, when I heard about this, I heard it was going to be a domestic trip. So I was like, oh, wow, you know, that's awesome. And it's going to be hurricane relief. Um, You see, I'm a carpenter by trade. So for me, when I heard that we were going to be rebuilding homes and rebuilding stuff, I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome you know, my attitude uh, immediately focused on, I'm going to be, you know, this is going to be in my wheelhouse, this is going to be exactly, I'm going to be in my element repairing homes, I'm going to be doing my thing, and this is going to be awesome. Um, The problem was, (laughs) the problem was, um, this attitude wasn't exactly Christ-like, and the funny thing is, is I've been on several mission trips before, and i prepared myself before, and I've, I've, you know, it's like, I'm a veteran in this, in my eyes. It's like, I shouldn't have had these, these selfish thoughts, but they were, they were there. And so there we are, you know, we, everyone, you know, we get down to Texas, um, we divide up into groups and we're off to the job sites. And as we're going off to the job sites, we finally get to ours and we walk in and immediately, I mean, Brett kind of shared what we were doing. The stuff that we were doing was completely opposite from what I had envisioned us to be doing. Just to give you an idea, I know I can hear my group laughing. Just to give you an idea, this is what we were doing. So the house that we were working on had had water that came in through the shingles, so it was windswept rain, got underneath the shingles, poured down through the house. So all the insulation in the rafters, soaked up the water, created what we call mold, and then the mold um, basically was infested, it poured down through the house, so all the ceilings had to be gutted. Thankfully, the group before us had done all that, except for I think one or two small rooms. So we got there Monday, and we have to tear out all the sheetrock, all the stuff that's moldy. Then we have to turn around and spray every portion of the house that had mold with this type of shockwave material that kills mold on contact. Then we had to paint everything. But the funny part about all this is when the whole job is completely done, you won't see an ounce of anything that we did. It'll all be covered up by everyone else's work. You won't see a single thing that we did because it'll all be covered up. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, I was like, really? You know, this is what we're going to be doing? Like, this is what I signed up for? So Monday finishes and I get back and, you know, I'm, I'm laying in my bed at night and I'm just praying. And God just speaks to me. He just says, you know what? He says, Kelly, how selfish can you be? He's like, you're not here to be doing that stuff. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're here for the homeowner. You're here to show Christ's love through you guys as a group to the homeowner. And our homeowners, we, we, got them, we only got to meet them a couple of times, but they were fantastic homeowners. Um, Julius and Mary, correct? Yeah, Julius and Mary were their names. And one of the things that stands out to me about them is, is they, a couple of the times they prayed with us. And I'll tell you what, when Mary prayed, Man, she was brought to tears every single time she prayed. And it wasn't just a normal, like, 30-second prayer. It was like a three- to four-minute prayer of just her pouring her heart out and showing us how thankful she was that we were there. She called us, I think, her angels. Yeah, her angels. She called us her angels, and she was just so grateful. And I realized in that moment, I was like, that's why we're here you know, that's what the purpose, that's what my attitude should have been the whole whole time. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yes, what we were doing was not the greatest thing, especially when you came home and Brett was like, oh, yeah, I hung a door today. Yeah, it was totally out of plumb. I had to, like, tear it out and redo it, you know, and then, you know, some other people were like, ah, oh, we were painting trim, you know, oh, it's going to look so great when the homeowner sees it at the end of the week, and I was just sitting there like, yeah, that's nice, man. That's awesome. Great. You keep doing that, but no, I mean, it, it, was, it was a really great time, and, you know, I look back on it, and it's all funny, but but, I mean, we were there for the homeowner. Um, and the other thing that, that where I saw God this, that week was, um, for those of you who don't know my wife, Lauren, she, she went on the trip. <laughs> um, she actually has an autoimmune disorder that is um, heavily influenced and heavily triggered by heat. So, of course, um, she had said, hey, I, I want to go on a missions trip, uh, but I will do a domestic trip. Kenya's a you know, real far journey. It's tough. It's tough to pre- prepare for, but I'll do a domestic one. So I said, okay. So as soon as we found that we were doing that, we decided, let's go. Of course, we end up going to one of the more hotter and more humid places in the United States, down in southern Texas. So we, we decided, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to go through it anyway. We prayed about it. We're going to we're going to go ahead and do it. And of course, two weeks before we leave for the trip, we have that massive heat wave that came through. And I remember just praying because that heat wave kind of it affected her a little bit, and she, you know she had some flare ups. And I remember just praying. I said, "Lord, I don't care if something happens and I don't really enjoy the trip. I just really truly pray that she will have a great time." And um, to give you a perspective of the house. Um, We did actually have central air that was running the whole time we were there. The problem was there was no ceiling, so all the heat from the attic absolutely eliminated any central air in the house. So if you wanted central air, what you did was you went in, you painted for 20 minutes up in the rafters, and then you walked outside, and as soon as you walked outside, it literally felt like you were getting hit with, with ice cold air, but it was about 97 degrees out. So that's how hot it was in our house. The house was unbelievably hot but wouldn't you believe it that not one time during that whole trip she had one flare-up on that trip? And that... So, you know, as, as um, Joyce had said, you know, God truly did provide for us on that trip. I mean, he really did. You know, he spoke to me, and, he, you know, he, he provided for my wife. He provided for us. I mean, that whole group he provided for. And I just want you guys to know, for those of you that don't know some of the 15 that went on the trip, you need to get to know them. I learned that this group... <laughs> They are some of the funniest people I have ever met. Rick, you are funny, by the way. Don't let anyone tell you you're not. Some of these guys are the funniest people I've ever met, and and some like I've known Kelly and Joyce my whole life, and I got to know them even more on this trip, which was just incredible. So, you know, it's just awesome um, to to just have been able to go, and and we really had a great time. So, I encourage you guys if we do it again, definitely, you know, look into it. That's it.
4: guys. Oh, it is more people than I expected it to be. My classroom is usually about half this size. So so being fourth kind of, you know, is interesting. You, you know, stay up till midnight and you write all this stuff. And then three other people said, "Mm, probably half of what you have written down here. So (laughs) we're going to just wing it a little bit. But um, as Joyce mentioned, um, we have been praying about having a missions trip for many, many, many years, and uh, God finally laid it on our hearts, and he provided all the way, as you heard from all three of our former speakers. Um, There were many signs of God, and like Joyce said, I I honestly, when we got to that airport, and we had no vehicles for 15 of us to travel to a site that was 40 minutes south of Houston, um, you know, I just had to say a prayer, Everybody's getting their their luggage, and I'm like, holy cannoli, what am I gonna do? So what did I do? I Googled, (laughs) yep. So we Googled, and National Alamo came up, and like Joyce said, we walked right up, and it truly was God's plan for us to get these three minivans, because if we had had the 15-passenger van that I had originally rented with one minivan for us to put our uh, luggage in, uh, we would not have been able to travel to the sites the way that we did. Kelby ended up driving to his site every day. Dave, my husband, also traveled to our site every day. And then the van that I used, we didn't use till the end of the week when Brett drove it. So it worked out great. And uh, again, God did provide for us. Um, So I'm going to go into a little bit of some of the details um, and how I kind of saw some of the pieces. So our first morning was really exciting. So they give you... um, you don't really still know what's going on that first morning. You're sitting in a room with a bunch of different tables, and and we did cover most of the people in that room. There were 15 of us, and then there were about 10 others from other, you know, from Ohio, uh, Florida, Colorado, and um, California, and then Portland. So, there were a variety of people there, variety of ages, and I want to commend our two teenagers um, because uh, Kayla. And uh, Jaden, they, I, I teach high school, and let me tell you, I have never seen two teenagers never complain about getting up at 6 a.m. Kayla went out and found to- toads and, and things in the morning before I had even, like, Joyce and I had just barely peeked our eyes open. We wake up and everybody's gone. So I just really want to commend, and Jaden was just a trooper. Um, in fact, Mark, our supervisor, sent me a text in. Um, afterwards with, with, um, pictures of his next group coming in. Um, because our house again, like Kelby said, (laughs) we did get the sweet part, I have to say. Um, but I think also, you know, God put us in those positions because, you know, like, like Brett said, we went in, I, I tried to go in with a clean slate, you know, but, but, you know, you just never know what God puts in, puts in front of you. So when our team of, uh, Dave, my husband, Joyce, um, Brett, Jaden and Joy, um, and then on the first day, Bob and Lois got to be with us. Um, We really did get to do kind of all the finishing touches. Um, And so it was a treat, because I've never gotten to use those big power tools, and they were fun. Joyce got to use the the gun, and I mean, it was really a lot of fun. So, Kelby, I'm really sorry, but now I understand what you do, and I have a real heart for that now, too, because it's a lot harder than it looks to cope, right, Brett? And cut the 45s, and I mean, it was was really a joy to be able to learn all of that. Um, So, I would have to say that um, one of the things that first morning that really struck me was, we had to watch a training video. And then we received our orange, and you're gonna see it in our PowerPoint at the end, our our orange Samaritan Purse shirts. And I think it was at this point, I really felt God uh, in my heart. The staff told us that we um, must wear these shirts during the first two days for a couple reasons. One being safety, so that our supervisor, our foreman, can know who's on his team. And then the second one was to the neighbors and the homeowners to know that we were Samaritan Purse volunteers. They went on to say that when we wear these shirts, we're representing Samaritan's purse and doing all the work in Jesus' name. Wow. And I think that's when it hit me. The shirt was just like our Hope Community shirts, but I don't think I ever truly made the connection that when we're wearing either of these shirts that, um, that everyone would see that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. So... Um, I, I, I have been a Christian since I was 13 years old. Back in Anaba um, is where I became a Christian. And I would hope that my actions reflect that. But I know <laughs> they don't. And that I'm a sinner. And, and that I have to go to, to the Lord and say, you know, okay, I really messed up this time. Can you, can you get me out of this one? And then you have to move on. And so um, I felt like when we wore these orange shirts, we were on spotlight. We were, we were there, and, and I felt so warm when I wore that shirt. And now as I move forward, like, as you wear your Hope Community shirt, just think about the conversations you can start and that people do see us when we wear those shirts and that it, it, was, it was a little, you know, again, I, I like Kelby said, I'm kind of a... I'm not experienced at a missions trip. This was my first one. But, you know, you've been a Christian a long time. But when you, I don't know, when I stood with that shirt, it was really probably the first most impactful thing I had. I think that the trip taught me um, that I need to be in prayer more and more each day. And now I have others, including Mark, um, praying for us. uh, We had a picnic lunch every day outside because it was cooler outside than it was inside under a shaded tree. And um, on the last day, Mark pulled out a paper and he went through and asked us how he could pray for us. And individually and then as a group. Um, And that he would definitely be doing this 5 a.m. that Monday morning. And so it was really nice to know that we are being prayed for also but that we also have so many people to pray for down there. And as the previous speaker said, you know, our team members, there are still, there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, We also prayed every day at breakfast and dinner and at our work site when we arrived um, and when we left. And I'm so proud of my Jaden. She did a prayer for us that was amazing. I truly had forgotten how much prayer we need and how God loves to hear us pray. As my husband, Dave, wrote in an email to Sean, who sent us emails each day, Sean Howitt, uh, sent us emails each day, um, what Dave said he found most surprising was that spending time with Jesus in prayer made a clear difference. Friday, when we got to our job site, the long-awaited kitchen counters were ready. We're already there, along with the plumbers, so the house was open. We were excited to see the countertops, so we walked right be, right in and began the day's work and forgot to pray. We ran into problems getting the countertops installed, and we clearly were not working as a team. We stopped and prayed. The problems were still there, but the work was so much smoother, went so much smoother. I've seen God's amazing work and his amazing power of prayer and grace save my son Scott's life almost three years ago. But I have let, Lori, (laughs) I have let that crazy life activities get in the way. Truly have. And so, sorry, nobody else did this. (laughs) Um, So, I haven't been in prayer or reading God's word the way we should. So, I have learned, not only does life go more smoothly with Jesus, but he clearly lifts us up when we are in prayer with him. Throughout the week, we had devotions. Each morning, and even though I've never done one in a group, I signed up to lead Fridays, and I grabbed Dave and Joyce to help me, and this is where our PowerPoint was created. Um, and we have pictures of other volunteers also. We've added some since we've been back. And we used the theme of Thanksgiving. And we shared how we were so thankful for the whole week and God showing all of us all that can be done when we help in Jesus' name. There were many Samaritan purses workers every day. And as uh, they are, everybody alluded, I'll just name some of them. We had Carol, our morning chef. We had Miss Cheryl our evening chef, and when I say chef, I thought I was gonna lose some LBs. I gained, because you eat tremendously. You get morning, you get afternoon, and then you pack up your lunch in the afternoon, uh, for the afternoon. Um, Then there was Mark, and I know all the other site um, people, and then um, we had James, and James um, was so excited. He's an intern, and he's from Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. And so he felt really warmed by our do attitudes and um, was very excited to have all of us work by him. And, um, and he shared a special night with us the last night we were there. And it's amazing watching them serve us um, and that they've given up so much of their time to do this every day and that they've left their families to do it. I also said in my Devo from our trip that the light of Christ lives in each and every one of us, and we don't need to be on a missions trip to share Christ. We can share it by just giving a hug, a smile, or mowing a neighbor's lawn. One of the most beautiful and somewhat unexpected, I think, outcomes of this missions trip was the closeness of our team of 15 we found in Texas. I found that Brittany is a dancer and that I actually danced at the same studio with, I mean, not Brittany, with Brittany, so Brittany was a person that I knew in swim team. Brittany's mom opened up a dance studio. And there, lo and behold, Lauren dances for her, and my childhood friend was her teacher. Little did I know about that. So there's so many people around here that you could get close to and, um, and truly get to know on a deeper, more personal level because you literally are together every waking and sleeping hour in our little... Um, cabins, I guess you could call it. Um, they are, they are um, building a new one, and uh, Samaritan's Purse is going to be there for at least another two years. They possibly think three years. Um, you'll see a, a, a shot of this um, on our last slide of our PowerPoint that we're going to show. So God has a, had a plan for me, still has plans for me, and he has a plan for each and every one of you. And I pray that each of you will challenge yourselves to be more in prayer, let the light of Christ shine through you, and don't be afraid um, to let it shine, and pray about serving on our next missions trip. Um, I felt like uh, what Matthew West uh, sang in his song, All In, my feet were frozen on this middle ground, I played it safe for so long, the passion left, turns out safe is just another word for regret so i step to the edge and i take a deep breath and i'm going all in so come join us next time by going all in um and um and i want to thank all of you for your support your beautiful prayers we definitely felt them and to our hashtag delco strong Pearland team here we go, and uh, you'll get to see our journey through it and um, some of us working on our PowerPoint that my husband continues to amaze me when he puts these together. So thank you again.
0: How about another round of applause for our, everyone who shared and for our mission team. Just let me say a few things here. You might be hearing about this and you might be thinking, hey, maybe a mission, team, a mission trip is for me. Maybe you're thinking it's not for me. Listen, even if it's not in your wheelhouse, to borrow a phrase from Kelby, um, this is something that God might be calling you to do. And as Kelly mentioned, sometimes we're called to do things that aren't, that don't feel safe, that make us uncomfortable. And so, um, take it from me: I've been on six mission trips. It's not in my wheelhouse, and yet God calls you to do something. Sometimes you just got to say, "All right, show up and figure it out, and let God lead and let God provide." That's what He does. That's what faith is about. That's what trusting God is all about. To um, first of all, let me say this: um, I need to take a moment just to 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 highlight a few individuals. Um, I want to thank, there were three individuals that really made this whole thing happen. Without you, I don't think we would have done this trip. And so it's Joyce, it's Kelly, and Dave. Thank you so much for your work. We really appreciate you. On behalf of the whole church, Joyce, I would call you like the mission trip instigator, right? Is that a fair term? an instigator. And Kelly and Dave did so much of the grunt work in the organization, but um, I I hope you feel appreciated. It was an amazing experience for those who went. We were so glad to be able to to see this happen. So thank you all. Thank you. Um, To all of you who went on the trip, I say the same thing to every mission team every year, and it's this. I encourage you to use your experience on that trip as your point of reference for what it means to be the church. When you hear that word church, don't think of gathering together and hanging out in the Barnstormers Theater or whatever. When you hear that term church, make that association because that's what church is all about. Josh Peterkin read that scripture for us from Acts chapter 2 and in Acts chapter 2. What what do you see there? A community of believers sharing their lives together, waking up together, sharing meals together, sharing devotions together, sharing prayers together, and those experiences that we've had on mission trips, that's the closest thing that you're going to get. the first century church to what it really means and so the challenge for all of us is how do we live that here you've lived it in texas and those of you who have been to kenya you've lived it in kenya how do you live that out here it's more complicated when you're not sharing a bunk bed right (laughs) you have to seek each other out and so to all of you whether you've been on a mission trip or not i just want to encourage you to take that next step towards leaning into community whatever that looks like for you coming out to that women's group that's going to meet, coming out to our Bible studies as they start up in the fall, coming out to those small groups, coming out to like the casual, friendly, fellowship, fun events that we do, just spending time getting to know each other, praying for one another, get in each other's lives. There's people you may have seen here for the past six years and you don't know them. They might have an awesome story to tell, and you might be able to help them, and they might be able to bless you. So let's take that next step towards living into our destiny. Our destiny as a church is to be an Acts 2 Community Church. and So I'd encourage you to do that. In a little bit, you're going to see a slideshow presentation that, as Kelly mentioned, Dave put together. I would encourage you, go on back, grab a bagel, grab some coffee, have some refreshments, and enjoy this time together. But for now, uh, let, me, let me pray for us all. Father God... I do thank you so much for your provision, how you took care of our group of 15, how you showed up in in some expected and some unexpected ways during their travels together and during their work together. Father God, we pray for Samaritan's person for all these mission organizations that are helping those who are greatly in need. And Father God, it's such an honor to serve you in these various capacities, to go on these trips, to support these trips. And Father God, I pray over what's next for us, You already have the details figured out. You already know the plans. And so as we move to our next mission trip, as that whole process begins, flesh those plans out, reveal them to us. And Father God, I pray right now that you would begin assembling your next mission team right now. That your Holy Spirit would move in our hearts, convict us, challenge us, and call us to this kind of work. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.